You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast, and uh, the entire crew is here together in the office. Josh, is, uh, is your mic, is your headphones too loud? No, I don't think so. You're just, you're, you're making a... Like shocking look. Uh, no, no. It's I the mean, first time all four of us. I, it's it is. It's that's this is a shocking look. For, this in is the, the first time ever. Yes. Yeah. This is ever? the first time we've ever done one. All four of us. Yeah. Are you sure? In the office. In the office. In, sure. in the office. Well, yes. And yeah. I'm pretty sure. In Maybe general, ever. I don't think Bob and I, because in your old setup, we couldn't do that. You just had the three. Yeah, that's probably yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it, the, I mean, I know this only time Bob and I have potted together. Like, like I'm sure you, of that. me, and Eddie have, have done, done one yep. together in person. Yep. And Bob, Eddie, and I have done a lot mm-hmm. in person together. But yeah, us four, especially in the new office with the TV wall, so we're watching OU run rule Northwestern yeah. essentially. So there's definitely going to be moments where I just am like someone's going to say something and I'm not going to be paying attention. I'll you be have watching three outs to worry about. And then, am, then you don't have to care. <laughs> I am taking the Johnny Baseball approach where you cannot be a you can't come on this bandwagon and say <laughs> shit. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have followed Johnny Baseball. I, I appreciate the guy's passion, but don't tell people about how to be fans. Like, I, I mean. That's been kind of my thing for a very long time. Is fans don't want to be told how to be fans. You don't. You don't get to be gatekeeper. No. I, I mean, even I. Oh, I mean, I guess we're gatekeeping right now. But like, we're gatekeeping fan behavior. <laughs> we're, we're not, not gatekeeping. Gatekeeping. Well, behavior toward being fans, not toward rooting for their team. Yeah. I mean, like just grow, just let the game grow. Just yeah. let the game grow. I mean, I I know you have good intentions, Johnny Baseball, but just let the game grow. How it's going to grow. You're not always going to agree with. The way some fans handle themselves. Yes. I mean, we, we run obviously a, we not run a, a member of the Crimson Corner. Yeah, we we run a website and can't get people to do what we want them to do. We so run a rep- website and they hate us. You know, well, not everyone, but a lot of people just hate us. No. Kind of comes with the territory. I like yeah. it. I, yeah. I wouldn't want them to like us. So anyway, the reason we're all together here today in the studio, Josh, obviously, uh, he has to get out of here. We're we're God. It's, it seems like every week we're just trying to find a way to do a podcast uh, and trying to get through it. You know. And get someone out the door somewhere. Last week it was holiday stuff and uh, you know camps. This week and Josh has got to fly out here in, a, in about an hour. Um, so we're a little bit limited on time. But I told you guys, like, this is your pod. You guys have been out there the last two days. Uh, let me. I'll just throw out the first question. Impressions of a Brent Venables football camp. Uh, is it more like, Josh, what you remember? Kind of more run like an old Bob Stoops style, style camp? Uh, or is it a little bit different? Maybe even then, or is it closer to Lincoln camp, or is it just different than both of those? I, I would say it's a little bit of both. Like, I mean, because there are so much of what I think of with, and you and I talked about this last week, Carrie, um, 
with the bob you know they were always in shoulder pads and helmets and there was a lot of physical contact and they were really there was more they could do because they were at least half padded these guys i mean it's everybody's in t-shirts i mean it, it really it's like a it's no different than like a nike camp or that kind of thing like it really now those kids think they're chasing offers and in some cases they are so there's no lack of physicality they're giving everything they've got you know they they're trying to impress coaches so that is that's absolutely present in there but at the same time i thought the rhythm of it was very similar to a bob stoops camp like because it was they you know at, at x time we're going to be here we're going to do this you know the the primary difference was you know i mean you remember when they would break it was bob you know want to thank you guys for coming out blah 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 you know really enjoyed having you it was it was always very brief as to where with Brent, like, we left and Brent hadn't yet spoken. Like, I mean, it, it, like, there was going to be... He went so, 23 minutes the first day. Yes. And, and the whole thing went more than 40. And yeah, usually Bob... Had, I mean, Kale kind of ran all of Bob's hands. And so, <laughs> he, had a lot of, he had a lot to say. So, Kale would, you know, tell everybody... He would introduce them. You know, he would introduce them to camp. He would tell them what's going on. And after it was over, he would say, you need to do this. You know, turn in this, turn in that. Yep. But it wasn't like... Bob didn't really use it. Maybe he did you know, uh, in, in with the recruits that he had come in or something, but wasn't like you saw Bob having a big presentation to the, the guys that came to his camp. No, ne- never that I can remember. I mean, he, he was always kind of hands off with it. He really, like you said, that was really Kale's show. Um, and Lincoln was the same. It, mm-hmm. I mean, Le- there was, was Kale's show for Lincoln. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kale was definitely a, a presence. I mean, there, there's no question, but I thought it was more of, um, Oh, Miguel Chavis, Chavis to a large degree. I mean, Chavis, he, he seemed yeah. like kind of the master of ceremonies to me. If, if anybody was, you were going to say somebody to MC, but I mean, when I left, and again, Brent hadn't even gotten to the mic yet today on the second day. And let's see, uh, Miguel had talked. John Joe John Finley had spoken, and I think who was about to talk right as I was leaving. I, oh, Rufus had talked. Rufus was talking when I left. So they, um, I mean, it's not just the pure coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin Broyles talked for a while, and I thought yep. was pretty good yesterday. It was, I mean, he really all, some good energy. it was all guys that have played at OU mm-hmm. that have talked. And I think that they really, like, kind of put that out there, too, that there are 18 guys on staff that, you know, are former players. And I think that it's it's a unique look at the program that you probably don't get at another place. Yep. But outside of that, uh, why don't you guys kind of talk about just the, the players that you've seen the last couple of days, guys – Obviously, Brent is big into getting guys to come to camp sure. uh, to work yep. with them. How successful was he in that regard in these first two to, two sessions? That is four the part sessions that reminded me of an old Bob Stoops camp because really, you had a lot of top echelon guys. I mean, you had David Stone. Um, you know, today you had Xavier Sims. Um, you know, you run the list. You had a lot of quality guys, and in, it was true yesterday morning as well. But there's a there's a lot of those guys, and there's a pretty big drop. And then you've got just your normal standard campers. It's not the – Now, there were depth. some guys that came in mm-hmm. yesterday that didn't work out that did today, right? Yes. Yeah, there, there were uh, – Big well, names. The, the, I don't know about were mm. there yesterday. Day two um, morning session was probably the best session. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because you had very clear groups at defensive line and defensive back that were very good. The wide receiver this morning, Keon Brown, is really the, you know, the news of the day. He picked up an offer uh, that he – he tweeted out not long before the second session broke. And actually, I, as I was walking to my car, I saw him uh, walking with J.R. Sandlin and another one of the 2025 guys that impressed some people this morning. Um, 
whose name I'm just going to happen to forget is Stubbs. It's uh, doesn't it doesn't matter. It will be run down in the uh, future stories on the site. But there, uh, you know, Sandlin was giving the Florida guys a little bit of a of a tour, and you know, then yesterday you had guys like Peyton Woodyard um, that worked out in the mornings. Riley Warm Warmly. Riley Warmly that that picked up an offer from uh, Colleyville Heritage. For those listening that are big Josh fans, the home of Cody Thomas, my uh, future Sam Bradford. I uh, I was there with you. Yeah, I I, I was certain of that. That, that was we went down to that movie. spring game. I thought it was like the second coming of Christ. Uh, we made a, we made a sizzle reel for our visit down there. Drake, uh, that Drake I think stuff. they played. That's I think they played at a rivals mm-hmm. convention. Um, yeah. Which was um, Cody yeah. Thomas is only second to uh, Justice Hansen as far as yeah. scoop uh, B roll goes. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Bob wasn't with us. At Not that a point, great but, track record, but he was <laughs> no, there that no. same night I was, and I don't heard. Know, I, yeah, I don't know if his story read as much like a love letter as mine did after <laughs> that game, but it was like, Cody Thomas, you're the greatest. I like, will say, like, five passing touchdowns, two rushing awesome. touchdowns. He had seven touchdowns. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. The sizzle reel was ridiculous. <laughs> the sizzle reel for Cody Thomas. I'll put it up on the board. It was awesome. It, no, it was ridiculous, and I'm ashamed of it because it was more like, let's let's let Kerry show off his motion graphic skills <laughs> it versus... <looked> great. <laughs> But the intro was like 50 seconds long. No, I mean, it, it was terrible. It, yeah, it, was, it was like a minute and a half. <laughs> and it was just motion graphics. Yeah. It was like, Carrie has fallen in love with Adobe After Effects, and he's going to show you how good he's getting. That was a good group down there at Colleyville Heritage. That, that kind of set the mm-hmm. tone for like the next four or five years after them, didn't it? They, yeah. I mean, and you know, you go back to that night. They had the receiver and what did he go to Arizona, Bob? Something like that. Um, something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah, oh, the little white there. receiver. No, he, he was, yeah, he, he wasn't a white kid, but I mean, and he the was, model kid. Is that who you're talking about? No, no. This, I mean, this kid was, Oh, the like, model kid. I remember the model kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. The model kid. He was going to be a model SMU. instead uh-huh. of being a football player. But right? I want to say that was several years. That's after the type Kobe. of kid that Lincoln Riley would have gone after. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He would have got that commitment on the spot. Mm-hmm. But no, um, it was really those. Oh, hey, two we got Jordy Ball in the game against the Denton Geyer team that just was loaded. I mean, they I think they had ten guys on that roster that eventually signed D one, and basically Cody beat them by himself. Sorry, a little squirrel there. No, no, does it? Jordy Ball was no. That that's interesting news. Yeah, game getting some some action. Up came 31. in to record the the final out of the uh, the opening round game for Oklahoma. They uh, went from uh, upset alert to uh, thirteen to one geez. rather quickly. In what, like an inning? <laughs> I think it was an inning and a half, literally. Oh, that's unbelievable! Imagine the the. I mean, you talk about cold takes. Can you imagine all the players in the northwestern dugout that at one point were like, "We're gonna do this. Oh, we're I'm gonna sure. shock the world." <laughs> well, even they probably knew. Like, just take a picture. Can we take a team picture out in front of the scoreboard? <laughs> what what nothing? nothing. And then uh, we'll we'll go ahead and give you a couple runs. Don't don't worry. Round. The graphics team will edit out third inning. Like, right. That'll, that'll, we'll take that right off the board. This is what everybody will remember. You will believe the motion graphics. Carrie Murdoch's got ready for this moment. <laughs> <laughs> was was the biggest takeaway from this morning just? kind of David Stone asserting himself as far as I, I think we kind of know we've seen him so much here over the last couple of months uh, whether it be in a camp setting or just going to see him it just seems like it is what it is with him like he can be as good as he wants to be it's just going to be a matter of continued development is that probably the best way to say it Josh I, I think the best thing that could have happened for David today is if there would have like if the Ashton Funk kid would have been there today right. instead of yesterday like him facing a guy that 
Well, I mean, frankly, that's probably the best thing that's happened to him at IMG is facing some guys that are of his caliber because David's just never encountered that. He's so he's so much better than everybody he lines up against. And this morning, I mean, he was out there with Edric Hill and um, uh, Zadavian Sims. I mean, and, you know, a couple of absolute power five future defensive linemen. And as good as those two are, D- David was better. I mean, like just and he just was. Um we were talking about it a little beforehand. I, I see some Perry on Winfrey in him, just in his body type. He's kind of unique in the way he looks. Because, guys, he's 255, 260 pounds, and he looks he looks lean. He looks yeah. almost skinny. Like, right. he hadn't even started right, to really fill out in his upper body yet. It's really strange, too. And I, I guess it's not strange, but it just seems like everything comes to him so easily. And he seems very coachable, too. I know that's, like, mm-hmm. a, such a cliche, yeah. like, coach-speak answer, but it, it just seems like he really, when when they talk, like, when he was working with Jeffrey Johnson earlier today, it seems like he's retaining everything that Jeffrey Johnson's saying. Not somebody, not some kid, and you think, like, some I am Jimmy schmuck that's just going to mm-hmm. come in here and, like, <laughs> kind of go through the motions, really, sure. for some people. Sure. And, you know, talking to him a little bit today um, – it, it, and watching him, you can tell how much he's changed just being at IMG. Sure. Like, he's picked up a lot. Um, I'm sure there's a little bit of a mm-hmm. maturity phase that you have to go through and sure. going from, you know, the big shit wherever you are to yep. kind of the small fish in the big pond. I mean, you know, at, at IMG, oh, you might be a five-star. Cool, you're one of three on the roster this year. I mean, right. it, it just doesn't carry the same resonance it does other and places. Especially when you're coming from – and I'm not, like, shitting on Oklahoma kids, but I'm sure it's just a little different. Yep. Oh, you, well, you don't walk in – you walk in as a five-star from Texas or California, you've got instant credibility. Sure. You walk in as a five-star – you know, and I know David's not yet, but I, yeah. I think he's on that trajectory. Sure. He's 10th overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are like, he's not a five-star yet, Josh. I'm like, t- find the year where number 10 wasn't a five-star, and we'll, we'll talk some more. Um, but it is – you do. I mean, there, there is a Oklahoma. Like, they, they just don't – think. you know, guys, I mean, let's be honest. We've talked about Kansas high school football and this. You know, and that's the way a lot of people look at Oklahoma, and they think of it the same way. So, there is – there's some hills you have to climb and some stuff you've got to battle. But I thought – it was a pretty good couple of days for Oklahoma high school football players. We saw some good ones. They had more, I don't want to say elite, but they had more guys out there over the last two days uh, that are guys that were, like, actually competing to go get offers, mm-hmm. I would think, than they've had in. I mean, shit, you're here, Josh. Yeah. I think that says, <laughs> Yeah. does that not just say enough about, like, what we thought the camp was going to be? Yeah, I mean, it, guys, for years, it had turned into, hey, guys, I'm not going to be there again this year. Why don't you go it, check well, that out? It just wasn't worth it. It no, wasn't worth it. It, it wasn't worth the time. Satellite camps, too. Yep. Oh, sure. So, you know, these guys had had to show up, according to what Brent said. It's yep. been interesting. I mean, from that perspective, it's been interesting because, um, you know, it's like Brent comes in and he's identified a few things, which first one was attendance at the spring game. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to challenge everybody to make that bigger than it ever has been. And he did it. And he came in and said, we don't do satellite camps. We're not into that stuff. We want you to come to campus. And it seems like this is the number two big thing that he really talked about, Bob. Uh, And he seems like he's pulling that off now. Yeah, and I think that's what this was. We all had to learn as we went throughout this week. Like, is this going to work? Are there going to be guys that actually show up from out of the region and and show that, okay, if you want me to show up, this is what I'm going to do. 
And it worked for this first week, and now we got two more days next Friday and Saturday to see if they can get that same type of name. Cause, uh, and that's the other thing. Usually there's only about one or two of these under Lincoln Riley. There's going to be four under Venables. So we'll see just when all four are said and done what the type of elite kids end, ended up coming to Norman. And that's that's big Bob Stoops energy right there. I mean, can I remember there were six days back to back to back? Like it would be camp. Oh yeah, yeah. OU camp one, OU camp two, and they were three days each. And day two, three, three was, day camps. Yeah. God, day, day three was. Well, you'd never forget like, that because of Julian Wilson. It was. It was a soon. Yeah, Julian Wilson. Yeah, we're, I'm going to sit here and complain about how awful that was. And Julian worked out for six straight days, like sweating to death out there. And I'm like, man, it was really hard holding that camera. <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, it it does kind of show, like, for those that are, you know, mad or upset or whatever about, you know, commitments and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 the Ashton Cozart thing and on the heels of that. But, like, you got to pay attention to the stuff that is working. And, like, this is working. And, like, this to me is proof that the way Brent Venables is doing it can work. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not getting... All the commitments that everybody wants to see, but Lincoln kind of stopped relying on camps and started relying more on visits. Uh, like his thing was, he wanted to get kids on campus as soon as he possibly could. Yep. That was just his style. That was his mm-hmm. his system. Brent's system is different, so we're learning about it, and we're learning that so far he he is successful in his system and at least getting people on campus that he needs to be getting. Well, and, you know, you talk about, um, you know, Lincoln wanted to get him on campus early. I think Brent does as well. He wants him to camp early. Because, I mean, yeah. so, like one of the kids that stole the show that we haven't even talked about yet was the Samaj Pierre kid God, from right. Louisiana that, incredible. that just dominated people. Like, it won't shock me at all if he tweets out an offer before this pod is loaded. At what position? Like, yeah. uh, wide he's a receiver. wide receiver. He's like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, he's getting many. I mean, I mean he's a if, little guy. But looking at explosive. the group, he's not the guy that you would go. He, that kid's going to be the one that tears it all up. Yeah, but, I mean, it was one of those deals where OU, even, you know – I thought that was the best thing. O-line, D-line, I didn't see it as much. But wide receiver and DB, maybe because it's the personality types of those players. But they were like, we want this. You know, like Justin Harrington's grabbing DBs and being like, Mm -hmm. get out here. And the wide receiver groups like Theo would grab somebody like, this is our guy. You know, that kind of deal. Like they were making matchups that worked. And, um, you know, just kind of getting a uh, – they want to look at those guys early, I mean, because they were a lot of big time, you know, like, and I mean, big times kind of relative. And when you're talking 2026 and 2025, but this kid, like we're talking about, he's already got a couple of offers in hand. Um, going to go down to Florida State. Like I said, it won't shock me at all if OU offers him today. I know they were impressed just from, you know, gauging the responses and stuff we were seeing. So there is, um, there's plenty there. But, you know, Bob was talking about it beforehand that there is, there's a clear methodology to what they want to do with their visits. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned wide receiver. Uh, Jeff Lebby, what did you think about guys he brought in? Was it more evaluated guys? Were there some big names? Does, it look like, does he look like a guy that's going to attract big talent to come into Norman to work out for him? At quarterback, I mean, there wasn't – I would say the, the Davila kid was probably right. the, the, the biggest, yep. most notable kid that came in um, 2024. Now – People will say, like, well, 20, I mean, 2023, you have to just accept. Like, there's not going to be any big-time quarterbacks going to come. OU's got their guy. They're done. 2024, I, I would 
I, I don't think anybody would have been mad if DJ Lagway showed up. But at the same time, he'd already got his offer. Levy's been to see him a couple times. I, I don't think that was as required. As and he's getting offers from everywhere now. Yeah, I mean, Clemson's offered him here recently. I mean, he, he's you know he, he he's extremely talented. Like I said, when I, when everybody was showing talking about the video and the Jaden Davis kid that clearly Levy likes because he offered him as well. But to me, it's Lagway and um, Rayola. I mean, in 2024, mm-hmm. those kids are just a little bit above everybody else as far as physical talent. Now, Rayola's a little more refined, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think it's just they're kind of in a weird spot where, like I said, they've already got their 2023 guy. 2024, they've made two offers. I think that's clearly where they're going to focus. And one – they've seen multiple times in person. And the other one's in North Carolina. Like you can totally. He already came. He came to Norman last year. He's not going to do it again. Yeah. Came to Norman, didn't get his offer. So, you know, (laughs) true. (laughs) Well, Bob, I mean, you feel free to kind of take this thing over. Cause I mean, you've been there as much as anybody else. (laughs) It was funny. Davis Bevel's out there working out. Was he? Yeah. I mean, I guess we can say that everybody out there saw him. Yeah. I I don't know if there was a, uh, but Nick Evers was out there too. So I think, we were talking about, uh-huh. like, is there some type of NCAA stipulation that he can be out there because he hasn't technically taken a class at OU yet? Because Bevel was It wasn't was like he was going through the camp. No. But he was throwing every once in a while. He was, like, the example leader. Yeah. And then, yeah. Example but, guy. like, Evers well, I mean, those Evers guys can work throw. the camps. I mean, he's huge. Yes. Yeah, yeah Davis. I mean, dude, Bevel's a big dude. Just from photos, he looks huge. He's 6'7". He I mean, he's a legit 6'7", I 6'6". Mean, six, six. He would duck to come in that doorway behind Bob. Like, I mean, he's a big guy. So, um... I don't know if he's that big. Well, I mean, I mean he like doesn't have to. eight but. feet up there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he ducked. Yeah. At least seven foot. Bull Bull might be able to get it, through it's, there. It's George Mirasan playing quarterback is basically what we're talking about here. So Yeah, he, I mean, you had J.J. Hester. You had L.V. Bunkley Shelton. He yeah, we saw him today. He last night that he's here, and then he's working the camp today. Mm-hmm. I mean, so... And Those guys he, seem to really enjoy it. I and remember that last year. It seems like there was some some recent transfers that were like working camps mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it wasn't like a situation of guys just like being out there because they had to be out there. They were, I mean, coaching, yes. helping. Oh, they were into Justin it. Boyles yeah. was yes. coaching. Uh, Je- Ethan Downs was coaching. Jeffrey Johnson was coaching. TD Roof was out there. David Awegbu. And there's a ton of them. I want to give a shout out. Uh, one of our guys, um, you know, Sean Cooper, one of the seven on local guys that we really know and always helps us out. He was talking, and he's dead right. Ethan Downs, if he wants to get into coaching someday, that dude has a future in it. Yeah. Like he, if that's not little Miguel Chavis, I don't know who. Like same energy, same activity, like really positive in the way he teaches. He he was he was enjoyable to watch. Like oh, it was I, crazy, kind of picking up on him. I told you yesterday. Like, are we sure that they don't have one of those like child uh, <laughs> things that the kids would put on them at like uh, the. Uh, Oh, like Six Flags or whatever. Are you, like are you the, talking uh, about like a tether? Like, yeah, you know? like the, the child uh, doggy leash or whatever. It's like they just they just follow each other around, they which are, is a good man. thing. Like They're that's connected. a great thing. I yeah. think they got better with those. Like they started making elephant backpacks that they would wear. Yeah, like so they have a big long trunk, oh, so, so it doesn't just, look like you just have a chain attached so you don't to have a chain around the yeah. kid's neck or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I have never had to publicly shame my children like that. That that feels I so refuse. cold. Blooded. You might. I refuse yeah. to do it. You yeah. might, Pearl, but you never know. <laughs> Starts running around. Pearl's a roamer. Pearl gets out wolf. of control. <laughs> I didn't really see much of the Keon Brown kid this morning. I yeah. know that you guys saw him a lot more, but mm-hmm. I mean, it had to have gone well to get him get an offer. I, you know, it was funny because watching him, you know, and, and Bob Bob probably even saw I think a little more than I did. But um, 
if that it was one of those things where you're watching that kid and I'm like, if there's a better player here, I haven't seen him yet. He was yep. dominant and doing it against, like I said, Kenyon Kelly, a guy with an offer, Jordan Pride, um, you know, a guy that that has an offer, uh, Florida State commitment from the state of Florida, um, who uh, and um, Lane uh, Lane in Cleveland, Cleveland. Yep. yep. And so there was, um, I mean, there was quality defensive backs there, and he he was working them over, and I mean. Not unanimously. I don't mean to make any of those guys look bad. That's not what I'm saying. He was just that good. And um, I uh, – his offer couldn't have been less surprising to me. I thought yeah. he was, probably with the exception of Stone, the best guy I saw the last two days. Um, Tallahassee kid, so we'll see how that works yeah, out. Florida yeah. State and Auburn are perceived as his leaders. Yeah. yeah. And he's supposed to go to Auburn this weekend, I believe. Too. And that, that's the other thing about the, the kid from uh, – Louisiana in the second session, from, it's like he's from Baton Rouge. Like, yep. come on, Baton like, Rouge. We'll see. Are you sure you're from Baton Rouge? And I'm sure that's I where mean, you want to be from. I don't know. I mean, you got Brian Kelly in Baton Rouge. That could go really well. We all know Brian Harson's going terrible at Auburn. Well, and how much is it? Florida gonna... State with uh, was it no Mike uh, Nolan? Uh, what's his name? Um, where at Florida State? The Nor- guy from Memphis, uh, 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 Norvell. Nor- Mike Norvell. Norvell. Yeah. Yep. Well, and how th- how much are things going to be different here over the next four or five years when you start? actually recruiting and saying, hey, we're going to be playing down there every year. Yep. I, I think that is a... That's going to be the most interesting thing to me, just how I, it I affects... I mean, How it affects a kid's thinking, like when surprised? OU is be a part of the SEC, knowing, and especially when they're talking, you know, the, the way they're talking about the pod system, it leaves it so open-ended yep. to make you think, I could be playing in sure. Louisiana. You know, I could play there twice in my college career sure. or something like that. Looking, looking back on all of it, or have you been surprised just how... And I, you know, I, I think OU fans would say, well, look at some of the extracurriculars that have happened. But I was a little surprised just how much that door opened for A&M yeah. when they moved to the SEC. Sure. Now, it could be different now that OU and Texas are both going down yeah. and it's not A&M being able to say, why would you go to Norman or Austin when you come here and sure. play in the SEC? But sure. there is going to be a little bit of a same idea there or a same pitch at least. But, but it, it helped Texas with all the guys that OU and Texas were recruiting you know, the Texas guys, mm-hmm. it didn't mean that they were going toe-to-toe with Alabama and Georgia for guys from that part of the country. No, it wasn't. But, I mean, you could definitely see, like, I mean, you know, when A&M a couple of years ago, and, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, they, they'll talk about NIL, and that that's fair enough for last year. But basically the minute they hit the SEC, they started recruiting pretty consistently in the top ten, and that had not been A&M's M.O. prior to. I mean, yeah. there's just no question. You get bounced out of the SEC – and OU has a hell of a lot more to sell than Texas and, frankly, A&M. Like, I mean, there is – you know, people say, oh, you know, that that's Homer stuff. But you can combine what Texas and A&M have done in the last 25 years and it doesn't match up with OU. Results on the field, no. There's no yeah, doubt. Now, so, if you want to start having a pissing contest about donors and stuff like sure, that, then A&M sure. and Texas are going to win. Yep. That, that's – I mean, but that's the reality. If, if that's the case – and again, you know, I don't want to get into the NIL thing because it just it, it's a never-ending black hole. But if that's the case, then it's probably going to be A and M, Texas, and Ohio State playing for national championships every year, and everybody else is just doing what they can do. And Miami being a part of it every well, once in a while, yeah. maybe. Yep, <laughs> yep. I mean, you know, everybody thinks I have a love affair with John Ruiz. I really don't. I just, it, I mean, it, it borders it just, on it borders it just, on a man crush. No, it just, I mean, it's just, it's yeah. it's noteworthy. I mean, and I've just said, like, it's like the whole Saban thing this week. I was like, he backtracked because he realized 
Texas A&M, even if they are doing that, it's not technically cheating. I, I, I don't know why. It, it, and you can tell it's old school coaches that can't get their head around that's not cheating anymore. Like, they think it is, but it's not. It, right. It's within the rules. And, that, I mean, I get that by everything we've ever known, it, it's, hell, I'm not as old as most of these guys, and it's hard for me to get my head around it sometimes. Is it? Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Don't don't go after what? lawyers. Let's not go after lawyers. No, I wasn't going to go after anybody. I just was I was going to add something, but I decided that wasn't going to be where I add. Okay, okay, sure, sure. You're going to save that one. Appreciate right. that because I really want to watch the We're gonna finals it. game one instead of edited this pod. <laughs> so, Josh, <laughs> how, how, how big was it? Mm, Colin Simmons. We know he wasn't going to work out, sure. but the fact that he showed up, I, I think it's huge. I mean, I think it says a lot about where OU is for him, and that that. They're building a good relationship there. That's a kid. And I know he, uh, you know, I messaged with him a little bit, and we it was pretty brief. Colin sometimes is very talkative, and sometimes he's not as much. But he did talk to Adam Gorney, and Gorney put something up on the board. And, you know, he was the thing that, and frankly, guys, maybe we have trouble dealing with it. And I think I know some people have posted stuff on the board too. The way that Brent Venables goes about things can seem different or odd. And it just, it's so different than what we've, you know, become accustomed to under Lincoln Riley, where it was very, you know, A to B to C, where Brent's going to take the, you know, the winding path. But at the same time, when you talk to these parents and you talk to the players themselves, like they feel, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, they feel seen. Like they feel like I, I they really, you know, I think – Colin said something like, you can tell how much they really want me. You're the number one player in the country, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't think that would be a problem, but he even even at Oklahoma and as the number one guy in the country, it's you can tell it's unique for him the amount of time and energy they put into him. Well, I, I can't imagine, too, like now with this new staff and with all the people that are out there that, quote, unquote, work for the university, and whether it be on an on-field staff role or an off-the-field role, it's like they all make their presence known out there. And mm -hmm. I think that was one of the biggest differences that I've noticed here over the last uh, and actually like being up close and seeing everything since this new staff took over was just how many of those guys are out there and how many of those guys are like trying to be not trying to be seen, but like coaching yep. or talking to players yep. or helping with parents mm -hmm. or doing whatever they have to do. It's just like that's that's stuff that I think that they've needed for a long time and you know, who who better to sell the program than guys that literally know it? Sure. And, and, you know, I don't – we don't have to get into the specific examples, but, I mean, I can – you know, one player where I kind of identified, you know, okay, that's his mom and dad, I need to go talk to them later, which is something, you know, I've done at camps for 20 years. But you would watch, okay, there's, there's the position coach. Now, he's gone over and talked to him. Okay, he would leave. Okay, one of the sole guys would walk over and talk to him. Okay, now one of the GA – like – they just constantly had yeah. somebody – and, you know, I don't know that it was a recruiting pitch so much as like, hi, I'm, you know, yeah. Curtis Lofton yeah, or whoever sure. it's going to be. And, you know, you know, get to know me. Here, here's my phone number. You know, you want to talk about something, I'm here. You know, that – and it's that kind of stuff. For the kids, you can argue, you know, how they're going to feel about that because – we all, I mean, Bob and I joke all the time about kids don't want to talk and they don't, mm -hmm. they just want to be on their phone, but mom and dad, that stuff matters. They, they see it, they notice it. 
it makes them feel good that their son could go play for these guys and is going to be, you know, seen and heard and those kind of things and that they're going to be able to call not just Coach Venables or not just their position coach, but really there will be multiple people within that staff that they have familiarity with. Are there anything else from uh, camp, or should we head to the 26 official visitors coming this weekend? There's there's that many? I, I, I didn't even know. Is it, is, it, is it a big weekend? That's great. <laughs> awesome. Cool. No, I'm just trying to go through, like, uh, the notes from yesterday and just make sure that we hit Not on sure. everybody. Like, th- the thing about it, like, in most of these camps, and I think that we're seeing this more and more, is, like, the guys that we're going to see at these camps, I mean, you're going to have a handful of guys like the David Stones that come in camp, but – there's just so many 2025 and 2026 yep. kids that that don't stand out when you're there. You right. just have to watch. It's just them. like it's like, oh shit, that kid's what? He's a freshman right now. Mm-hmm. And then you watch him, and it's like, okay, well, over the next couple of years, we're gonna, I'm gonna want to see this kid and how he develops. I mean, he could end up not even wanting to play football in a year yeah. because he just he, you know, his parents are making him do it right now. Sure, but I, I think that you know, it's almost kind of like doing a little bit of homework going into the fall next year yep. of knowing Absolutely. like, okay, so we're going to, we're definitely going to need to get down to the Southeast part of Oklahoma because they're loaded down there. Yep. Like it's just, it's just good to know uh, and get a good bearing of what these kids are going into what will be a big two, three year stretch for them. As far as varsity football goes, guys, the next two to three years, Durant and Idabel could be a must see game. Like circle it. When, when, like you can't name the last time that somebody outside of Southeast Oklahoma, you know, nor, uh, somebody north of McAllister was like, I gotta go to that game. Sure, like that. That's See, all happen. you big city guys just ripping on us. <laughs> no, it, it's a great rivalry. No, I told you this. I, we had this discussion earlier today during lunch. Like, I feel like you guys live in a different Oklahoma than I grew up in. <laughs> you just don't understand. What's well, BLC? It, it's because of the hat stuff. It's because <laughs> I told. Yeah. See, I told. I. I told the guys, like, yeah, we're about to run out of, uh, of uh, trucker hats. And, of course, Eddie's like, I don't get it. It's like, yeah, because you grew up in, in Putnam City, like in Oklahoma City. I grew up City. in Oklahoma City. I went to Putnam City School District. That make you feel not a superior? <laughs> well, it's not a you city. You feel superior no, now? I, I remember having to, like, to explain to all uh, my fraternity I, brothers that true. Putnam yes. City I'm is I'm not a city. I realize that. It's not a city within more Oklahoma acres. City. Aren't you in yeah. – isn't War Acres not – they're not a city. That's just a, a resident. War Acres. War Acres. I think it's War Acres. That's why it's confusing. Or a municipality. 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 Oh, my God. You're crushing it, brother. Well, that's – again, that is Oklahoma City – School district. It's Oklahoma City arrogance. That's that's what that is. <laughs> well, it could be. I mean, and you're proud of it. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's wrong. You don't, you don't understand anyone that lived outside of a city. Is well, what I'm I, saying. No, I understand people that live outside of a you city. Really I don't, just, you, you say you do, but you don't. He understands I, no, the concept. I, under, <laughs> I, under, I understand the concept of it, but I also understand what looks good and what doesn't too. <laughs> I mean, you drove a truck. I mean, when you first started working yeah. for us, you were driving a truck. I did. Yeah. So don't get all uppity. Well, people can drive trucks in the city. Not I've, ones that were bashed in on the side. <laughs> I wasn't going to a Usually farm. they get those things fixed. Well, I made somebody drive. Have you had we a like, car that's not got the side bashed in in your entire life? Well, yeah. I it, like When he first bought it. Yeah, when I first get it. When I first get it. 
I'm gonna buy a new car this summer though. That's why I haven't gotten this fixed. I just decided, hey, I'm oh, gonna wait on. Oh, that's why it. the last three years it's had a big dent in the side. Well, it, it's all led to this culmination. Sounds like somebody stealing insurance checks to me. It, it sounds I like wish. a man with a plan. You know, I <laughs> wish I was stealing inter- insurance checks. I know what. Uh, I, I I I am surprised though. I'm surprised that so many of the trucker hats have sold. I I'll own that as well. Yep. And I, you know what? I can't wait to see him on game days down in Norman. It's just like I just wish that you would be more mindful and uh, of, of the people that represent this state. That's fair. Well, I mean, I, that's a different conversation for another day. The people that actually represent the state on a on a national like government level. But I mean, those people. Those people are just trying to become president. No, well, that's they true. Don't care about us. Those, that's true. <laughs> The the people that you're that you're defending here that you're representing, the trucker hat buyers because they you know probably what? already hate Eddie. That's true. They listen that's to this true. podcast to hate listen. That you think true. that that's the, the that's the last uh, Apple review is for a guy that bought a trucker hat? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. I, and guess what? I know he's one of the people that listens like every week. So I guess we win. He's again. waiting to jump on you. Yeah. You know like, why he, he listens? Said that. You know why he listens? Because there's a representative from Southwest Oklahoma on this podcast that grew up in a semi-small town. <laughs> we need somebody on. We need for somebody from the Southeast Oklahoma and I was, representation as well. I was Maybe telling the guys map. this. It was very offensive at certain parts taking Eddie through Duncan uh, because like I showed him my church. And it's like, holy shit, they have a church this big and oh, I was Duncan? just surprised there was so much electricity and running water down there. <laughs> I, and I'm driving him by the Elks Lodge, the country club, the it golf course nice. I grew up. And it was it, nice. You shouldn't see it. Like his head was exploding in my car. It just was like, nice. I, but I knew that there was money down there from, uh, from the... But uh, there could be money anywhere. I mean, Boone Pickens had a bunch of money out in the middle of nowhere in yeah, Texas. Yeah, but, but nobody's driving through his ranch down there. Just saying, the, the Earth does not revolve around Oklahoma City. You know it. It revolves around me. <laughs> me, duh. Anyway, uh, you know who the Earth does revolve around? Dead Soxy. DeadSoxy.com. Go check them out. I've been checking out their website today. Uh, they've got the retros. You, I mean, listen, folks. You got to get stocked up. The season is coming. Uh, we're in June. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to get those no shows to get out on the golf course. We've had some rain, so the weather's been pleasant. Uh, but it's going to continue to get hotter and hotter, and you want to get those no-shows and uh, it, in just the boardrooms or you know your 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 OU collection. So uh, go to deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, use the promo code SCOOP uh, for 25% off. The, the promo code has changed. It is now just SCOOP uh, for 25% off, and uh, great deals for, for uh, SOC packages and all that stuff so go shop shop the collection deadsoxy.com uh, great sponsors all right uh so josh uh, let, let's talk about just you i mean you mentioned the big recruiting weekend we kind of got sidetracked there but uh if we can go back to that and just you know like we said you said brent wants to get guys to campus as early as possible um he did with the spring game did without with the spring an game. official visit right um but i mean this weekend I mean, I, I don't want to get people's hopes up and say, well, if 26 kids are coming, four are going to commit because that's probably not going to happen. But what is it? I mean, what is the recruiting like weekend like this mean? Just another chance to have some big time players get in front of them, get, get them to know the coaching staff, all that build that relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's big from that level, but it's also big to have these guys just around each other, you know, where they're, they're hanging out. You've got, and OU has a commitment that'll be in Jackson Arnold will be there. The quarterback guy that's well-known, um, and and knows some of these, you know, he know he knows Jaden Greathouse, um, you know, and 
you you look at it. I mean, you're talking multiple rivals 100, rivals 250, Anthony Hill, a five-star, bunches of four-stars, Peyton Kirkland. You, I, I think that's, to me, that's one of the positions you're going to see come together this summer, good or bad. However it goes, offensive line. you got Bryson Sanders announcing this, This uh, you know, uh, you've got Wilkin Formby. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that you're going to know where you stand by the middle of July. I mean, you're, it, whether they've announced it publicly, you're going to have a good feel for where you're going and what you're doing. So I, I think that is what they're talking about. And, guys, you know, we I don't know, Carrie, if you and I talked about this in the pod, but I, I've talked to several people that have told me, the reason most of these guys are coming in is largely because Oklahoma thinks these guys will probably come to decisions before the start of the football season. And so they want to have them there. They want to have this shot to, you know, kind of kind of get in front of them. The guys that aren't there don't read into OU's any more or less interested into those guys. They just see it. They're they, they, they playing want, yep, They yep. want to bring them in in the fall when it's a little closer to decision time because – I, you know, for all the success Lincoln had as a recruiter, I think that was one of his real problems is he would bring all the guys in this weekend and didn't really have any thought to when they were going to announce and you would miss on guys that Oklahoma led for from June to August. But when it came time to decide in November, they'd taken three more officials and they had moved in a different direction. So I, I like what they're doing. I like that they're being that earnest about it. The, you know, we've been around a guy that's the first official visitor of the season the last couple of days in Jabron Harvey, the, mm-hmm. uh, the edge player from Durham, uh, Southern Durham in North Carolina. And I, guys, I've talked to both of you. I couldn't be more enamored with his film. I love what he brings to the table and seeing him in person. Absolutely. Yep, that Check, checks the boxes. Checks it. Yep. yep. That is a six, three and some change, 220 pound kid with long arms runs really well. Dad is a big guy. Like, you think he'll grow into his frame. I, you know, I, I, I've had some questions on certain guys. Like, okay, how does OU fit this guy into their scheme? What are they going to do? I think he's a guy that could be good enough to play kind of that Sam like they like to use some at Clemson. Or he could grow in and be, you know, and heck, maybe you even keep him on the field and he's a 240-pound defensive end on third and long or something. It's been super fun to see just how – he bounces back and forth or they bounce him back and forth between Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis uh-huh. too. It's like, it, you can tell that there is a very comfortable uh, back and forth that they throw at him as far as like you, it, it's just two different styles of guys like Chavis yep. is going to be more of the, which, and it's exactly what you would think it is. It's Chavis is more of the relatable, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to rap with you, do all that kind yep. of stuff, which we can get into later. It's kind of <laughs> weird, but <laughs> like, maybe let's not do that. But, uh, you know, and Todd Bates is more of like the father role. He's yep. going to be, he's going to be like the, I don't know if it's good cop, bad cop type of things. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think that I don't see Bates being the type of guy that's necessarily going to jump somebody's throat, but yeah. there is like this very comfortable dance that they do with each other yeah and you that's why you don't have to read into it too much oh he's only talking to Chavis sure no No. believe those those two work together as well as they can well I talked about it on the notes from yesterday at camp where Demarion Thomas hardly had any conversations with Bates but he spoke a lot with Miguel Chavis uh Thomas is not a team Thomas is 6'2 315 320 that dude ain't a D end ever so um, and again, I don't, people are like, well, is that a bad thing? No, I don't take it that way. I think that's just the way they operate where Miguel is the day-to-day hands-on guy 
and because he was for Todd for years yep. at Clemson. Yep, and Miguel is, or excuse me, or and Todd is the closer. He's going to come in and make you feel good and shake mom and dad's hand and make everybody feel good about it. And he he's going to finish the job. And now. As Miguel gets more comfortable as a full-time recruiter, that'll evolve a little bit. But, I mean, I think that is the roles they are comfortable in right now. And from what we've seen, I mean, they're getting very good response from the defensive line recruits. So, I think it's going to be something that works for them. All right. I mean, um, man, we well, I mean, went through it what, all. What is – this is such a tough question, but, like, when you have 26 official visitors coming in in the first weekend and it's so early and, you know, I think we all kind of agree that you're probably not going to walk out of here and wake up on Sunday afternoon to 10 commitments. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to gauge what a successful quote unquote weekend is going to be. Like, it just like, there's no immediate thing that you can point to and say, well, this is a great weekend for everybody. Cause everybody's going to, it's, it's kind of yeah. like the thing that we always run into on, Sunday afternoons after, you know, official visits. Getting like, responses. Yeah, oh, like, well, I love the staff. It's like every love kid loves atmosphere. a visit. No, you're very rarely, unless they go hang out with, uh, you know, Mikey Henderson and knock somebody <laughs> off, like to say that it, it was a bad weekend. Yeah. It, and it, So what, what, what is it like? A, I, I don't know. Can it even be gauged out there as far as what it is? Or is this going to be have to be what kind of what you insinuated, Josh, as far as get to mid-July, yep. see where everybody's yep. at. And I know that sucks right now on, sure. you know, June 2nd, June 3rd, June 4th, but it just kind of is it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, to a degree. As I look over this list of 26 that we've got up on the board, guys, there are – one of them is no U commitment. I already mentioned earlier in Jackson Arnold. So you've got 25 other guys in play. If you told me by, by the start – let's just say the start of the football season – that eight to nine to ten of these guys were part of OU's class, I would not be shocked at all. Like, I, I think there are good things coming. And I, you know, so, there's some part of me that's just like, there's not going to be this many guys on campus and somebody doesn't pop. Like, I feel like I, I, I would be lying if I said I know who it's going to be. Like, I, I don't have that feel. I don't at all. Don't be a three-star. Don't be a three-star. <laughs> don't be a three-star. I mean, to OU's credit, it would be really hard to be. I mean, they've got – of all their guys coming in, of the 26, three three-stars. I, I just I, – I was trying to do the math earlier on how many Rivals 100 and Rivals 250s, but I was like, I, I can't do that and actually talk. But there are three three-stars coming in, and a couple of them are – Guys that I – Darian Gallette, the linebacker from Marlin, Texas. Samuel Almasigo from Crandall. Another guy that I know is a priority guy for Oklahoma. They've they put a lot of energy and time into him. So, you know, it's not just, oh, he's a three-star. Like, oh, you rates him highly. So, but, yeah, I mean, you look down this list, and, guys, there are a lot of big-time guys. I'm, I'm going to get crap. There's five. I missed two at the bottom that were below my scroll line. But, so, there's five guys. So, 80% of the uncommitted guys coming in are four stars, rivals 250s, or rivals 100 guys. I mean, that's a huge weekend by any stretch of the imagination. And there's going to be guys here that OU misses on. I don't think they're going to get Jaden Greathouse. You know, uh, Peyton Kirkland's going to be a tough hill to climb. Mm-hmm. But Peyton Kirkland, there's a lot of interesting conversation. His mom is moving to Houston. Um, there's some Trent Williams connection to that whole storyline. So – there's some interesting stuff there. Like I, I, I don't know what to make of it all. The just yet. Trent Williams. The Trent Williams. Wow. The the Big silver T? Yep. 
I am trying to confirm how much of that is real. That That's the only part I don't know. I do know she is moving to Houston. That is happening. So, obviously, that puts OU in a better light when you're looking at the other schools on his list. I mean, that just OU, OU is a much closer place to, than several of those schools and at least equidistant to many of the others. So, um, like I said, I, I like where OU is for him. I think that's absolutely a guy they could pull a surprise for. And if you can get Peyton, Peyton Kirkland and Josh Bates, you've already got, and then you get Caden Green, who most of the country expects OU to land. I mean, guys, that's a start of a really good offensive line class. Peyton Kirkland may only be ranked as a four-star in rivals. That's going to change in the next update. I know he's really impressed a lot of people. That's a guy that could end up in the rivals 100. I mean, you could be talking about bookend tackles that are top 100 guys in the country. And you have OU going all out, shooting this shot this first month. Can they survive the rest rest of the month when these guys make those same sure. visits to the other schools that you know are going to be going after them? Is it? Is it? I think. I mean, is it hard to be the first weekend. It is sure. I, I think that's the thing, though, that we that we don't know about. Like Brent's obviously learned a lot of, mm-hmm. about a lot of things. There's got to be something about visit weekends that he's learned that yep. he's able to use to really make an impact. Maybe that other staffs haven't been able to make. Is there him. is there enough time, literally, for him to be able to talk to twenty six twenty six kids <laughs> and their family? He's doing his first exit interview when the kid shows on up like, <laughs> on Tuesday. He gets to like the fourth kid, and he's like, "All right, well, we're gonna have to zoom you. We, I know you got to leave, Coach. They've been on campus for ninety six hours. We've got some NCA violations yeah. just from the interviews. Um, now the um, I think what you're going to see is the first indication of does this methodology work? Like we're going to find out because there, I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable question because now I will say I've always been a believer either first or last, like you're either the first visit, or the last visit. I would never want to be in the middle. Like I, I think cause you either make that first impression that every other school gets compared to, or you get the last punch. Like and I'm fine with either one. But for you to for them to bring in this many guys this weekend tells me this is something they believe in that, that they think they can make this work. So I the thing to me that I just kind of on the outside looking in that I think will be different with Brent is the r- relationships that this staff builds with the parents because oh yeah yep you know you saw what was going on with Lincoln uh, and the parents Marvin Mims father DJ Graham's mom I mean. Uh, the, the those, McCutcheon's whole family. Yeah, th- those relationships got completely strained, and it just seemed like maybe the relationships were good in recruiting, but then I think, like with everything else with Lincoln, he only put attention into the most important things, and I think the parents probably never heard from the coaching staff again after they got after the recruiting part was over. And I, I just think with Brent, from what we know, and just joking about how much he'll talk. Like those relationships are not going to be over when the kid commits or when he signs. Yeah, because they're that's how they're gonna not have to live through the portal. The portal, yeah. That's their methodology. That's how it's gonna be done. Is the family atmosphere that you preach in recruiting keeps going when you get on the campus and reaching out to the family, bringing them into the relationship, and that's how your your hope is. You're not having to go after. 15 to 20 kids like Venables had to do the last couple months. And guess what? We saw those relationships with parents pay off with Lincoln in the recruiting process. Sure. Yep. But I think Brent's is, is, his approach is going to be much more genuine and, and probably 
you know, more lasting with these these Correct. parents than it was with is a perfect word for it. Yep. Um, and you know, guys, we saw it to some degree today. I mean, like we can talk about. You know, some of the camp things were like, well, that's different. That's a little unique. You know, Miguel Chavis rapping. I mean, we already kind of joked about that. But, guys, like, you can tell there's a lot more player ownership of what they're doing. I mean, like, they guys, they were letting people – The Ethan Downs was just running drills today. Like, he knew what he was supposed to do. Bates didn't mess with him. He was like, you do that. You lead those guys. And I, I think it's that amazing. I, yeah. I really hadn't seen that at any camps over the last 10 years. No, no. no. I mean, at even under Bob. That, at least not like, and maybe I'm just completely you brainwashed, see, well, but not like the buy-in from the guy. Yeah, yep. you'd see little things like, I remember when the, the Stoops brothers were here at camp and like Stephen Parker would be over there coaching them. Sure. Uh, but it was kind of like a big brother deal. Like there was a just reason did for it for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you'd see that kind of stuff. But You know, Kerry worked in Mike Stoops reference, but you know, whatever. I don't think I mentioned him at all. No. Um, I wonder why he lit those candles in the back room earlier. Uh, no, but... It, I'm not taking this shit from you guys. I'll take it from the paying customers. There was... Um, but you're you're right. It wasn't just like, oh, they're leading the drills. Like, if a guy wasn't doing it correctly that those guys would stop him and be like no yep. okay you want hands here you want to you want you want to move your hips like that kind of th- i mean obviously the hip movement i caught up on that that that's that's right down my alley so um well, but just like you this- were ready to stop drills yourself exactly exactly no his hips are all wrong there coach <laughs> it was it was just like the stuff that we talked about with uh jordan kelly at the beginning of the year and went like how much stuff he had picked up from todd base just from a technique standpoint in the first couple of weeks of spring ball, mm-hmm. it's like when you you're excited about something, you want to be able to show people. And guys, I mean, and Bob, you can attest this. Jordan Kelly has never been like a loud, outgoing no. guy, and so to watch <laughs> him working with those kids today, I was like, wow. I mean, like, felt like a kid coming out of his shell. Like, I mean, he was just a different cat. I mean, not not like he was Justin Broyles out there, but definitely was engaged. I mean, was was helping those guys. Engaged in ownership. Those are two words we use a lot during the spring, and we're seeing it carry over now as we get into summer. All right, uh, let's hit on some of what's going on in spring sports. I mean, obviously, well, let's let's hit basketball real quick, yeah, because that is, that is interesting with like what's going on with the coaching situation. <sighs> Katie Turner headed to Kentucky now, uh, like. Dub TF, Bob. <laughs> they got they got spots open on the roster. They got two yeah. assistant coaching spots. Uh, like I I want to ask like when the end in sight is, but I don't know when that's going to be. Is there right. trouble in paradise? <laughs> yeah, I mean most of the guys will arrive by Sunday, but there's two open scholarship spots and a lot of kids that withdrew from NBA draft in the last you know two three days that now you. We'll wait out. See if a Kerwin Walton will True come Timmy's your way. coming to Norman? <laughs> well, he said, I'm back. He's going to get... But uh, Jacob Grandison from Illini, I, that's another one that OU's really trying to make an impression on. But you've got scholarships, so you're hoping maybe guys will fall into your lap. Now you look at the two coaching spots. Uh, you know, I feel like Matt Gordon has been elevated to an assistant and it just hasn't been announced to replace David Patrick. But with KT Turner leaving as well, I don't know if Clayton Custer is going to be put into that position this early in his coaching career. I think Porter might look, have to go outside and try to find someone. So, yeah, that's another another wrinkle to sort of throw into things. But, I mean, they still feel very confident about the 11 guys they have. I know 
I don't know if we've got to talk about Grant Shurfield because we had the technical difficulties. But adding Shurfield, I mean, that's that's that, that's just huge. If you Shurfield and Bamisil as your as your backcourt or two two parts of it, I mean, that's a loaded group that can score. That was something that Moser wanted to address. And I I don't know if the the waiver process is going to be necessary or if it's just going to be blanket waivers across the board and they just let them all play because they're both two uh, two time transfers. But that adds a lot of scoring with Sherfield, one of the only guys to average six assists per game the last two years. And that was something that you could just tell talking to Porter last week in Oklahoma City at the Omni at the uh, the final Sooner Caravan stop. They are – that was like a recruiting – that's a big win for them. Just as far as what he was talking about, and like you could envision him. And even the Norweather kid, like yes. they feel like they found a diamond in the rough just listening to what Porter was talking about as far as how he was describing him. And like a 6'11 kid that can shoot, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, he's- but, but with Sherfield and with what he – you know, you don't hear Porter talk about guys, and at least I hadn't heard him talk about guys like this just as far as like – what he can do off the pick and roll, what he can do in his offense. I think they envision him and Tanner Groves having a lot of success with pick and pops next year. Yeah, and there's a lot of – there's some board members who have absolutely caught on that it's not about, like, getting a big from the portal that's, like, 6'11", oh, two, sure. 250. With Your a generic back, five or whatever. Get it back to the basket. No, it's got to be a fit. It's got to be a pick and pop five, and that's what Northweather appears he's going to be. So I'm not even sure if they're going to – go all in or go hard after another big in the portal. They feel like Luke can be that person, but the ball screen offense and what Sherfield generates, you knew it's something Moser was looking for. And they absolutely got their guy. I mean, it took a month. He visited for spring football game weekend. We had multiple reports and sources telling us he's going to be a sooner. Just give it time. And, you know, that's sort of a new process, too, that those coaches have had to work out. The guys that are in the portal, that are in the draft, then you get a feel they're going to withdraw, but you have to have that trust to know, okay, they're going to withdraw eventually, and they're going to come to us. We won't all of a sudden just be left lurking and having to find another person. I got to tell everybody uh, in person, it's uh, it's glorious watching Josh not give a shit about basketball. <laughs> it's real, people. I mean, he really checked out. Like, he's in his he email. At his computers. We, we have to hold the mic for those that, again, to kind of see behind the curtain here. Uh, I considered dropping it, but I was like, I have to buy it and replace it. I don't want to do that. So, I considered just dropping it as soon as basketball came up. But it it is – it's. Re- Moser, yeah, he's doing great. Good work, good work. Really, really like love the basketball stuff. I actually think it's Moser. Mo- Moser, okay. I'll, I'll steal an Eddie. Right There's no bit. I. People that say Moser have got to stop that. There's no I. Oh no! Now, I now you're, you're you're gatekeeping. Mosher. Okay, I see. Moser. Uh, Singing the national anthem at the Cubs game on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Be. That's that's cool. Is this seventh or eighth time? Ninth time, I think. I think he's eight and one. Wow. All right, uh, Josh, I don't want him to leave just yet, so let's move on. <laughs> um, softball in action. You saw them win today. Uh, they'll get tomorrow off. Baseball starts tomorrow. Uh, yep. 12.30? Noon. 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 Straight okay. up noon in Oklahoma on Friday. Uh, hey. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yep, ESPN+, Plus for that. Softball's not back in action until Saturday in the semifinals against Texas. Or not semifinals, but the winter, first winner's bracket game against Texas. 2 o'clock on uh, Saturday at 
I hear that's I hear that's going to be a big one because Texas beat them once. Is yeah, that, is that the deal? Yeah, well, they definitely want to win now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the World Series, but they needed the juice, so that, yeah. that's good. Yeah, or maybe they lose just to get a little bit of a little <laughs> bit Intrigue. of action. Well, it worked, into, it worked uh, for them last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe exactly. this is like uh, eight men out. Maybe the women have money on this. That'd be awesome. I would. I would. <laughs> oh, Eddie would endorse that. I, I, I have. I have threatened though suicide by jumping out of the Devon Tower if I'm ever not involved in a point-shaving scandal with Oklahoma. <laughs> That'd be like my dream, and I'd, I'd love to be a part of that. So somebody let me know if that's the case. And I know you know, you're covering camps today, but Skip yeah. did have a little press conference. We'll have that up on the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, we're about to put it up. I know that we uh, – I talked to them, what was that, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning before they left. And, you know, I, they're playing really, really well right now. I think that we kind of, like, joked about it a couple times on the pod throughout the season where it's like – if they could just have this, they could be a pretty good baseball team. And it all kind of came together over the weekend uh, down in Arlington at the Big 12 tournament. Here's my question. Is Cade Horton the secret weapon for this team? In the Cade region? Horton. I mean, if, if, if they can get what Cade Horton did in the Big 12 championship game, uh, you know, and they've, they've started. And if you look at all of his starts, they've stretched him out each time and he's gotten better each mm-hmm. time. He would, that was the best he's ever thrown though against Texas in the Big 12 championship. And if you can get that out of him, Jake Bennett and David Sandlin, all of a sudden you get into a regional where everything shortens up. They could be really, really competitive. And, you know, I I don't know how much to, like, I want to believe it, but, you know, you listen to a guy like a Kendall Rogers who does D1 baseball, a big-time uh, uh, guy in the college baseball world. He has them as not just a sleeper to win the Florida Regional. He has them losing the national championship series to Tennessee. He has wow. them getting – to Omaha and getting to the national championship series. So, and yes, we'll people see. out there, that that's him disrespecting. Is Dude, it? Why didn't he pick us to win? Oh, it, sure. It better sure. be a coach on the sure. line or a recruit. No, it, uh, uh, I think Bob it might be a little bit of a radio hit. I think uh, I think Bowman's doing a little radio hit right now. So I, I'm just saying. I mean, they're, they're for all my reported hatred. Bob left during baseball. Sure. So you know, I've never walked out on basketball. They they're they're playing really well though. You have. We've and heard you. Peyton Graham is playing at a level right now that. We've heard I you feed the dogs. It, it's been a long time since somebody has played as well as Peyton Graham has. It's and amazing. The team I mean, has kind of come around him. I mean, he's up for the he's a finalist for the Brooks Robinson Award, which goes to the top uh, shortstop in college ball. He's a semifinalist for the Golden Spikes Award. Uh, he is a guy that you know I think will eventually be a. I don't know about a first rounder, but I think he'll go second or third round, probably maybe even fourth round. Did you drops. have a Did you have a problem with the regionals? pairings well it just it's it's kind of shitty i mean i think that if you look at oklahoma's resume they did enough to be able to, to uh host. to host i you know they're playing as well as anybody i think that yeah i told you guys the other night if you take stanford out of the equation which they've won 17 in a row and won the pac 12 uh i think that oklahoma's playing just as hot as anybody they they ended the season winning five series in a row that's including series in fort worth and uh lubbock they beat texas in the big 12 championship they beat Tech again for the fifth time in the uh, Big 12 tournament. So, or fourth time, fourth time in five tries. So they're playing extremely well. And I, I think like overall college baseball has to go back and look at what they're doing because the RPI stuff is so janky right now. Like there's just no reason for RPI to play as big of a role as it does in the sport. And I think that, you know, I, I asked Skip about that a couple days ago. And, you know, I, I think that that is something that, coaches will push for by the end of the season uh but you know big picture OU baseball 
it was an incredible year. Yeah. I mean, Mike Rooney, the uh, ESPN national analyst, said that he doesn't think anybody's improved from February to May as much as Oklahoma has. I know that there were some people that were uh, frustrated with kind of the direction of the program at the beginning of the season when you give up leads late in the ninth inning to whether it be LSU or that Texas strikes, game or that I mean, OSU game. And it just like it, it, it all started to kind of come together. And I think that, you know, you look at the freshmen that have started to develop on this team, whether it be John Spikerman in right field or uh, Wallace Clark, who's kind of become a mainstay at third base. Uh, you know, Jackson Nicholas has had a big run at second base. So they have a lot of really young talent. Max McGuire's a guy that's kind of waiting in the wings and he's having to play behind Blake Robertson, who is literally having an All-American type year. He would have been all Big 12 uh, first baseman of the year if uh, or first team if uh, you know he didn't play in the same league as Ivan Melendez who won uh, the Big 12 player of the year and is probably going to be a, a finalist for the Golden Spikes award so it's uh, it, it's kind of fun like they're they're headed in the right direction I think Reggie Willis has been incredible they ended up finishing the year top five in the country in stolen bases uh, the chaos you know hashtag chaos or whatever they've kind of coined it as it, it definitely has all started to come together for him. It's been a great spring. Uh, Joe, yeah, I know Joe Castiglione's very proud of, of yeah. all the sports and, and the way they, they've played. And yeah. And golf, like they, they come up short tennis, this week. Golf, yeah. Women's tennis gets uh, to the national championship, which I think is the first time that they've been, ever been able to get that far. You've added a women's gymnastics championship yeah. along the way. Yeah. And, and golf, you know, they, they made it to match play for the sixth time in uh in a row and that's a that's an ncaa record uh ryan hibble has a powerhouse and they just they came up short sometimes that's going to happen in golf sometimes that's going to happen in uh specifically in match play but you know it's kind of weird it's like a weird set 48 hours for uh, chris goddard up the transfer in from rutgers who wins the haskins award uh and he goes from having a putt on the 17th uh, hole on uh, the 71st hole his 17th hole of the day to uh, take the lead at the NCAA tournament or the NCAA individual championships and, uh, you know, just didn't close. And I think that he's going to have an interesting uh, kind of next couple of months. He's going to probably get some sponsor exemptions into the PGA Tour. Uh, you know, he comes just on the outside looking in for the PGA Tour. You stuff, Logan McAllister did get his corn fairy status. So, uh, you know, it's the spring sports are unbelievable. I know it probably is a little – bit of a bug and people side that Texas had a little bit better one because they're the ones winning the national championship. Yeah, I mean, it's, but I mean, it, it's been great for, uh, I guess the brother-in-laws that are going to the sec here in the next couple of years. It has been, it's been tr ridiculous for both OU and Texas. All right. Well, Josh has got to catch a plane. Uh, it's great having you in town. Um, uh, sitting here through the pod, watching these big screen TVs in front of us. I feel like we need to get a, we need to start up the Sooner Scoop wing truck or something. I'll tell you what, man. The uh, coming in here to do post game pods after games, yeah. specifically home games. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be quite nice. Yes, it's gonna be quite nice being able to come up here and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got we, you need, have, we got you're some gonna, plans. Well, you're mm -hmm. gonna just we, have to start coming up for games. We, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, see, there we, you go. We, we've we've you're gonna have there, to start there have been conversations. Up. It's been discussed. The um. See, I mean, keep buying those hats. I don't know, though. With, with Josh up here, I've come very close to dying multiple times on sidelines. Eddie almost got Josh today. I think Josh is a... Are you uh, using the new camera? Uh, no. Because <laughs> I knew. No, Actually, that's he, a longer story. And, and to be fair, I probably I have forgot have to wake something. up this morning. Yeah, Eddie, oh, Eddie's right. had a day. Yeah. It's almost Friday. So that's all I live to get. I'm glad. For. I'm just glad that you figured out how to drink during weekdays now. 
I haven't. Okay. That's the problem. See, you gotta you gotta use excuses like that. You drive me to drink radio show, morning radio show. Well, oh, I think that's called a problem. <laughs> I well, mean, I haven't. Wait, wait, no. Way to get judgy. <laughs> fair. Drink, so, drink a little more whiskey and you can develop one of those. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's fair. Yeah, Josh and I have the answer. We, we like bourbon and whiskey. <laughs> I mean, these four TVs are going to be... I, all this I is, can think about is, uh, you know, with the golf on, especially... Uh, this is a well, yeah. This you is a came nice here earlier today. I had uh, I had the ESPN Plus, the follow, yeah. and the this is a nice setup. The live. This thing, is a nice so. setup. Uh, I'm gonna go well, ahead and make great. reservations for March. Just so I'm gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have TBS. We can have True on. I mean, we're gonna be we're gonna be. Oh cool. yeah. yeah, you want to watch uh, the yeah. Yeah. absolutely. March, yeah. That's yeah. the only time that you'll you'll pay attention <laughs> to the, the basketball. Bay. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like like people are like, why'd you you know why'd you start there? It's because I want to have a place where people want to come and do work and. And feel at home, and especially, you know, game days. I probably won't be going to games anymore. Mm-hmm. Doing all the stuff we're going to be doing in the studios, uh, so this will be a, like a nice home base, and be a nice home base for you know whether we have social media interns or whatever, just for people to be. So it's really cool. Um, I guess I can't really say that since I should, did it, but should should I tell all the uh, students that listen to the podcast to get with? Carrie Murdoch about internships. Yeah, uh, we're getting close to that. So um, she, hit me up. My DMs are open. Unlike Josh, my DMs are open. My DMs are open. Are they now? Oh, yeah. After I've yelled at I'm, you about I'm, it? I'm Twitter slutty. Okay. I, I Man, I got to talk to recruits. Like the, I get dads hitting me up. Like, can't, can't no, we're not talking about you. Insta. We're talking about Twitter. No, I know. Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I think that's a must. Uh, I don't – like we're talking about some coaches that still have them close. I don't know how you operate like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't I, in, in recruiting because – you're just not always going to know the names you need to talk to. Like, I, and if if I can know about them ten seconds before my competition does, I want to know about. And trust them. me, as a man who gives out his phone number regularly, yeah, there are some crazy people out there, but not a lot of them. I that's, mean, it's it. it you, I'm no, I'm not going to convince you of that. That's not my thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm no, that's never going to happen. Yeah, I, 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 for me, it works. It's taken me 15 years to answer the f- phone when you call. Like that's <laughs> that's a lot. Of, we talked about that last. That's week. growth in mine. So, but right. no, I do need to get going. All right. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks everybody. Thanks to Dead Saucy. We got a new sponsor that we're going to announce next week. We're very excited about it. Josh is really excited oh, yeah. about it. Uh, but Sooner Scoop Store dot com. Uh, we uh, about to run out of trucker hats, but they are on order. Uh, but the Imperial's still in stock. We still have plenty of visors. Uh, we've got the, uh, uh, the the trucker caps in both the twill and the mesh. So uh, go on Soonerscoopstore.com, get yourself a hat, and Soonerscoop.com stuff coming soon as well. So. And, and, you know, for the people that do want me here, as we talked about in the postgame pod, Guys, that private jet's not going to buy itself for the McQuistian clan to get up that here. Net jets account. Yeah. We're, Eddie was. I noticed Eddie had net jets pulled up earlier. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So we're we're going to need to, you know, for Laney and Layla. About a gonna... plane. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we're going to need to use that. You know, we might uh, bump up your pay a little bit. Uh, all right. So that's going to do it. Thanks, Josh. It's now great you having have my you here. Uh, thanks to Bob, and he is now back from his radio hit. I assume. Uh, yes, he's shaking his head. Yes, he he he's slutting out himself to other people. Love you think you can just talk to whoever you want to? Love it, Billow. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the unofficial forty podcast from SoonerScoop.com.